Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd. Be uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi-millionaire real estate agent and investor, Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright. Uh, here with your host, Chris Craddock, myself, Jeff Safright. Today, we got a extra special guest superstar here with us today, our, our own Belle Tunsil. Belle is going to share part of you know what's made her such a rock star, um, some of the things that she's been doing, just crushing it this, this year, this spring. She has no concept of what COVID-19, coronavirus, quarantine, et cetera, is. And uh, so we're excited to have her on, Chris. Uh, why don't you uh, give her a little extra boost here, and then we'll let her let her jump on and and get going. Yeah, absolutely. I've known Belle since she was what, like fourteen? Is that right? Yeah, fourteen. Yeah. So uh, I've known Belle forever. And here's the funny thing: when uh, uh, when me and uh, the, the guy who was our director of operations met with her uh, as she was graduating college. We were, uh, we were talking through everything and I'm like, uh, we're like, Belle, you know everybody. You're friends with everybody. You know, like, like that is, you, you're just kind of socially uh, inclined with everybody. And uh, we're like, how many people do you think you know? We talked about our, uh, our you know, sphere of influence. And she's like, uh, maybe 50. And Mark, who was there, he's like, Belle, when you post anything on Instagram, you got 400 people that like it within 12 seconds. There's no way it's 50. She ended up coming on about a year later after she did a fellowship. And uh, the crazy thing is um, it wasn't easy from the start. She had to push through and, and work really, really, really hard to get it done. And, uh, but she was willing to push through, which was uncommon. It was unlike other people. And uh, she's gone from doing, you know, what everybody else does to now, I mean, what are you, you going to do? Uh, just over 50 transactions this year, it looks like. You're pacing to do between 50 and 60 transactions. Is that right? Yeah, they're about. So she's just just absolutely crushing it and uh, just does really, really well. I've got some other things that we'll, we'll talk about as we get through it. But Belle, tell us your story. Where'd you start? Where are you now? And where are you headed? <laughs> well, thanks, guys. I'm happy to be on. Um, I think it's, it's really funny with real estate. I think a lot of the time, as soon as you get into it, you're like, and you talk to friends and family, you're like, okay, everyone's a realtor. Everyone knows a realtor. And growing up, I didn't know, I mean, no one in my family was really in real estate. My dad did mortgage banking for a little while, but I didn't have like the grandma who owned Arlington or the uncle who, you know, flips and this and that. So it was never on my radar ever growing up. If anything, I thought I was going to be a teacher. I studied psychology and minored in childhood studies um, at CNU. And so I was on track to be a teacher and then realized, I mean, I was student teaching like an hour a week and was like hating it. <laughs> so I was like, I think I want to be interacting with adults more than first graders. So I was having a midlife crisis at 21 yeah. and along the lines of Chris's story. So during my fellowship, I was interviewing for like, you know, the fellowship was soft sales. It was interviewing students for the university that I had just attended. So definitely biased and had a great time. So I was happy to sell it. And I believed in the product and the school, university, everything there. So with talking to Chris, you know, he first brought it up and I was like, real estate, like, I'm not doing this. Like what, what the, I don't like, no, I'm not doing it. So I kept putting it off, putting it off. And then, you know, knowing Chris since 14 and, you know, knowing that he knows me and everything, I started to come around a little bit. So 
you know, I think in the beginning it was not expected at all. Um, but I'm very competitive and, you know, I played sports since I was like five. And so I, there is a part of me that, you know, in certain areas, having like a chip on your shoulder, wanting to sort of prove yourself, wanting to put in the, you know, put in the work, uh, grind it out and then see results, whether it's, you know, practicing something in practice and implementing it in the game a few days later, or, you know, implementing little habits for six months to then see it, you know, play out in the season in the same way with real estate. I kind of came in with my head low, kind of humble of like, I don't know how this is, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm just going to do what I'm told. You know, I'm really thankful on Redux. We have a ton of support and team leaders and, you know, the agents on our team. And so I got licensed in August of 2016 and kind of hit the ground running, just doing open houses, cold calling, um, calling through some of my sphere, family, friends, just letting them know I'm in the business. Really, I kind of look back on it. Everything has been building on itself. And, you know, Chris always uses the example of, you know, real estate's a lot like a plane starting. It's all the work in the beginning. And then um, once you're in the air, you know, you're flying and can, you know, take off your seatbelt and, you know, readjust and things like that. So I really felt probably some of the turbulence, if you will, maybe that first year or two, pretty inconsistent with results and things like that, but just honestly staying at it. Cause I mean, what is it? 13% make it past five years. And, you know, I think I started with, I was one of six agents, I think that started, we all sort of started within like the August timeframe and by six months in, if you had, you know, left and then by a year, year and a half, um, more had dropped out. So I think it out of our little grad, you know, class, if you will, I think it, you know, two of us are, you know, still with the team. So it really is a grind. I mean, it, <laughs> I will not sugarcoat that, but, um, yeah, that's a little bit about that. The crazy thing is when you came in, I mean, part of it too was we were early as a team as well. And so, I mean, we had systems and, and honestly, if people did what we said, it was good. But yeah, I mean, you came in at a time when like we were just taking anybody that wanted to be in real estate. And so, I mean, part of the thing that made it even harder for you is like the other people that you came in with were not people that had that winner's edge that wanted to win. And, and so having to stand out from all of them, even when everybody else, you know, just wanted to go, go get coffee instead of work or wanted to, you know, go and, uh, you know, hang out. Times, but yes. And so, so, and actually that was the, the interesting thing was when, um, we kind of had a massive shift from our team. Um, one of the guys that was there was like, you know what's going to happen now? Belle's going to do a lot of business because she's going to be around the rest of the people that actually want to do well and not having people that say, hey, let's not work and go get coffee today or, or stuff yeah. like that. And I mean, that was honestly a big piece of us leveling up as a team, but also seeing seeing you level up and other people level up and, yeah. and stuff like that. So. I mean, they say, you know, they say real estate, you know, there's some jobs where five o'clock hits everything stops and doesn't resume till eight, 9 a.m. Monday. They're never, you know, nobody talks to you or anything like that. You can truly close the door. I think real estate is one of those interesting careers where, I mean, it bleeds over and into everything. I mean, not only are you pretty much always accessible, but truly the things you learn and implement in real estate, you can also implement in your real life, you know? Um, so I think 
self-sabotaging is a, is a real thing and, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy. And I really have seen that both positive and negative in my life, but especially in real estate and in, in my job. And so I think that, you know, I learned early on, or I heard, you know, for every day, you don't ratify 30 days from there, or 25, 30 days, you're not getting paid. And I remember, you know, when I first got started, that was such an overwhelming thought. And I kept picturing this like snowball effect of like, oh my gosh, it's been one day, it's been three days, it's been a week, I haven't ratified, you know, I'm not getting paid for, you know, how, who knows how long. And so, you know, having a bit of a mind shift and getting kind of more of a a winning mentality and using that as an expectation for me in my business, you know, I didn't, I no longer wanted to just coast with excuses of, oh, well, this, this buyer, they didn't get pre-approved or, or my seller, they're unrealistic. I mean, at the end of the day, and, and, you know, really what I've been learning the last maybe year and a half or so is just the importance of expectations with buyers, sellers, investors. And so, but also with myself. So, um, you know, I, Trying to not self-sabotage has been something that, you know, I've, I've been focusing on. Obviously, I would imagine everybody wants to focus on that at one point or another. But I mean, what you plant today, good or bad or poison or, you know, weeds, whatever, it's, I mean, you're going to harvest it in a couple months. So, so Bill, what are, well, can you give us some ways that, and we have some good questions here. I just want to make sure that we, that, that uh, Lauren, that you know, that we saw those, um, but can you give us some ways that maybe you were self-sabotaging and then uh, ways that you kind of keep yourself from doing so now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, as a whole, I don't think I'm too much of an emotional person. I mean, I'm not like crying every day over like a sappy commercial, but I definitely think my passion and competitiveness makes me a little bit more emotional. And so, you know, if a client, you know, wanted to, rent instead of buy when it made more sense for them to buy or if something happened where I've been working with the client for months and months and then you know maybe their financing fell through or something crumbled in the process and um you know it would throw me off or or even like you know I kind of do have a bit of like the mama bear mentality with some of my clients so if they're not if I don't feel like they're getting the best deal or if we're I don't know when when it gets all competitive I get you know, protective. And so I think when things, it would kind of throw me off for the day. So let's say something negative happened in the morning, and especially in the beginning, I was just like, I can't do it. I need to go for a run or maybe tomorrow, like I'll, I'll do better tomorrow. Or, you know, think like that kind of mentality when it's like, no, cause I've also seen on the flip side, plenty of times where had something blow up, something didn't work out. And then I was just sort of like, okay, had that little you know, as we call it, five minute funeral, flushed it, whatever, and then kept going on, like about my day and then setting more appointments, meeting with other buyers, having a referral come in, you know, things like that. Whereas I could have completely shut off or, you know, something like that for the rest of the day. So what is a five minute funeral? Um, it, it's kind of like uh, you accept whatever negative thing or whatever fire or blow up has happened and you acknowledge it. You don't just bury it and hope that, you know, whatever you acknowledge it and you're just like, okay, that really stinks. I could cry or I want to get really mad, but it is what it is. Maybe you need a journal or whatever. And then you just move on and you don't look back, but you do, you do need to acknowledge it. Cause if you just bury it, it will come up in all other areas of your life and conversations. So. So I've got a, a, you know, from my side of the picture watching you um, from start to where you are now, watch you progress and see where, you know, I, I, I see the next steps of, of leveling up that you're starting to work 
to implement and put into place as well, which are really cool. But I'd love for you to share from like the very beginning where it was just so, so hard to get any of the stuff done. I mean, so much so I don't, I hope you don't mind me sharing, but like, I still remember, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was rough at the beginning. It was this hard. I mean, and granted you were in your early twenties. So you, lots of your friends weren't buying and selling. They were all renting, but so much so that I think you had to borrow money from your sister to buy running shoes, right? Like it was, yeah. it was rough, but you kept pushing yeah. through. Would you mind sharing? What are the things that, uh, were hard at the beginning and uh, you know, and then you leveled up and then your next step and then your next, like what were the phases of leveling up to get to where you are today? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think I was 23, 24, 23, 24, 23, 24 when I started and I can't even remember. And uh, yeah, I mean, if anything, my friends had made the grand move from their parents' basement to rent in Arlington or, you know, or they're like, I don't want to die in Nova. Like I'm not staying here. I'm just going to rent a little bit and I'm moving to like Nashville or California or something. So when it came to people who I felt the closest with and most comfortable with, I mean, we were all kind of in the same boat, just starting out some career, maybe still in grad school or whatever. And so I really had to, again, do more open houses, um, do a little bit more, you know, cold calling, door knocking. I mean, uh, just going around neighborhoods, knocking on doors and just seeing who I could meet, um, things like that, which isn't always the most comfortable. Thankfully, I'm more of an extrovert, so I don't mind. But at the same time, if I, like my biggest fear, I never want to come off as like the sleazy sales guy that's just like, has a motive because it's so obvious. We all know those people. And I'm like, I don't want to be that person. So I think in the beginning, it was really hard. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't get paid until you close. So you can work for a client for five months, drive 400 miles, so hundreds of money, hundreds of dollars on gas, and maybe it falls through, maybe they change their mind, whatever, you don't get paid. So, you know, for me, you know, I was like, really full, you know, 100% commission. So it truly is a grind. And so, um, yeah, it was rough at times, um, going four or five months, not getting paid, or maybe having a rental go through, get paid $60 or $100. What about the order of like where you were leveling up? Like as far yeah. as getting people on the phone, getting appointments, closing, you know, getting them to sign, then getting them to close. Like, can you talk through that? Sure. Piece? Yeah, definitely. So I think for me, it, it really was just like one step at a time. So, you know, practicing our scripts and learning the dialogue and um, the verbiage of real estate and then implementing it in my conversation. So at first it was like, okay, like nobody answered. And then someone answers and you're like, oh my gosh, you're on the phone. Okay, what am I supposed to say? And then you go through your scripts and then you're almost like, okay, I hope there are no objections. I hope it's a perfect phone call and nothing goes wrong. And guess what? They're like, why should I buy? It's a bad time. And then you're like, so you have to, you know, so first you learn your scripts. Then you are like, okay, they're answering. They're not, you know, it's not just a voicemail or whatever. Then you have to learn how to get through objections. So whether or not they don't want to meet or can you just send me properties, then you have to set the appointment. Um, and then I remember I set one of my first appointments. I was so excited. I got him in touch with the lender. And then the lender called me and was like, oh no, like no way. Credit is is really bad. And you know, maybe in like two years. So I was like, oh, like I set an appointment, but he's not a, he's not qualified. So, you know, then you set the appointment, they're qualified, and then you meet them. Well, first of all, you make sure they show up and it's on a no-show. So then you meet them. Then you gotta go through your listing script, your buyer script. Again, more objections that go with that. And I remember uh, maybe my 
year and a half, second year, I had signed a lot of people. I mean, I build rapport really quickly. I love meeting new people and, and cultivating that relationship. So it wasn't a problem signing them, but getting them under contract and closed. So I remember at one point I had like, I had signed like nine buyers in a week and a half and I felt so great. And then I remember Chris at our end of the year, like meeting, we were going through my numbers and I was like, so you closed two of them? Like what happened? And so I had reasons and stories for every person, but I'm the common denominator in those nine people and those nine transactions. So who's to blame and like whose fault is get it? Get that everybody, get that. It's not the client's fault. It's not other people's fault. And for her leveling up, she had to recognize she was the, like I, you, oh, yeah. she's saying this, but I want everybody to understand how real that is. None of us get better until we recognize who the common denominator is. So, oh, anyway, yeah. sorry. Go so I was the common denominator in all of those. And so, um, you know, signing clients, then getting them ratified and then going from ratified to actually closing them. I remember really, I remember calling Chris at one point because I was like, my head is spinning. I've got three ratified right now. Oh my gosh. And Chris was like, oh, just get, get ready because you're going to have to learn how to balance more. And I'm like, no way. I'm at my max. And so. What are you, somebody's asking you right now, just uh, ask, how many do you have closed and or, or do you have pending and under contract and A buyers in the pipeline right now? Right now I have 20, not including rentals, so lister, listings and, and buyers, I have 24 closed. I have six pending. And I'd say A buyer is in like, well, okay, A to A minus buyer. So someone that I know by the end of summer, we're still going to be looking, but I'm talking to them almost every day, setting, you know, sending them places. I'd say up to like 13 people probably. When it comes to the fall, I mean, I already know of buyers that are more September, December, January, February. So cool. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Um, sorry, Jeff, it looks like you're about to jump in on something. No, no, no. Well, I think that's the direction that we need to go, but I do want to point out, you know, cause I think sometimes when we jump on these, uh, these, uh, webinars or, or, you know, podcasts, whatever it is that we're on, we're all looking for like, you know, two, three, four, five, six easy steps to become a top, you know, buyer's agent. But, you know, the thing that, that, that Bell, that, that I love that you're pointing out is like, you're, you're going from, from lead generation all the way to close. Like that's all the, that's all the steps. Right. And so you kind of started to analyze each step of the process to figure out where you were getting hung up. And then mm -hmm. you were leveling up in that, in that spot, right. Yeah. All the way till we get to close. And then once we get to close, now it's like, all right, now how do I handle all the, you know, all the buyers that I have, all the, you know, all the transactions that I have. And so it's a constant, it's a, it's a continuous leveling up and, and observing the process. So it's not like the answer isn't how do I get, you know, 50 leads a month, right? It's not the answer. The question isn't how do I, it, it's, it's really the whole process and, and being able to, uh, you know, self reflect, be self aware, to, yeah. to look yourself in the mirror and, and level up in each of those steps. That's yeah, what I'm I mean, hearing. Right you're now. always building on your habits. You're always building on, you know, what are you built, like what you build for yourself, your foundation. <laughs> so if, if I'm realizing that, okay, I signed nine clients and closed two of them, like what happened, what went wrong? And so how can I fix that? Because I think the biggest difference that might've been two years ago and, you know, this year, I mean, I, I closed way more already in like five months than that entire year. So clearly something changed so that I could actually get them from signed to closed. Um, so yeah, you always have to self-evaluate. I mean, especially in, yeah. And we got another question here, but, but one, it's interesting. So there's somebody else on our team this morning that, uh, 
like I, I still remember a very clear conversation that you and I had, Bell, after you were you had like three pending and um, but you've been working really hard. So one of the, the areas we leveled up and I want to just share from my side was um, after we had that massive pruning of people on the team, you know, Bell, you started coming into the office, you're in the office all the time. So you're around other people that were producing. Right. Um, so that that helped. But then, you know, you're putting in more time. And I still remember you had three pending. And uh, the year before, you never had more than one pending really at a time, usually. And uh, you called and you were like, like a bunch of stuff wasn't happening. And you're kind of emotional. And you're like, I'm working so hard. And nothing is popping. Nothing's coming through. And you're like, this is just the hardest thing ever. And uh, um, yeah. and literally it was just like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then, then the floodgates opened and everything was there. And I know people are like that right now where, where they quit too soon. And that's, I think this is the, the whole story that I want everybody to understand is that um, one, you know, Bella is very good at what she does. She's got, you know, she, she's worked on leveling up in all these areas, but also a normal person would have quit early on because it was hard. And actually I had that conversation with somebody else this morning who uh, literally was, you know, just, just upset because there's so much going on and so busy, but not getting some of the traction in some of the areas. And I'm like, I didn't even, I didn't, but I remembered after I hung up, I was like, this is the same conversation. And, uh, but that was the whole thing there. So can you just speak to that as far as like how the floodgates opened after not quitting? Well, I think, well, back to that point. I mean, I had, I was working so hard doing everything I thought was right. And I remember talking to you and I was like, if everything had gone my way, I would have, I think it was like 11 pending this month, which at the time I was like, I can't even imagine. It's crazy. And I had like three, but it was, you know, also with the leveling up, I, I forgot a big part, like a big part. You have to then write offers and then get them accepted. So there's a whole leveling up there. Okay, how do I write a good offer that will get accepted in a multiple offer situation? And so once you once you can learn that, I mean, talk about floodgates, you're not you're not, you know, having to put in eight offers for a client. You can do a one and done or or maybe two depending on the, you know, time of the market. So, um, you know, for me, I think it was finally being able to realize, okay, how can we be how can we become competitive in our terms and 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 things like that. I mean, I think too, when I, I remember when I first started, David and you would talk often like, wow, a deal just fell in my lap. A friend literally just texted me or whatever. I remember thinking like, oh, cool, like whatever. But I also was like, but I recognize they've been in it for a long time. They've been grinding for a long time. They've been posting. People know them as a professional. They have past clients, people to you know refer them. And I remember being like, it's August, 2016. I have no history. I have no past clients. So, I mean, for me, I also just kept in the back of my mind, like this will you know grow on itself. It's like a, the snowball effect. It will go down the hill. It'll keep building on itself. It'll get bigger, you know? And I think just always maintaining a humble mentality, asking for help, asking for someone to take a look at your situation and maybe give advice. Like, okay, I think you did this well, you could also do this better. I mean, you can always be growing. I mean, Chris, you're always working on, um, you know, education every day. So I think for me, just knowing that I'm putting in work, it's really hard. I haven't been paid in five months and I'm like pulling from my savings to put in my like checking account. But I just know, like I always had this feeling kind of the six feet from gold. Like I know I'm close. I know things will pop. And once they do, it'll be like a domino effect. So, I mean, definitely a, you know, a sense of faith in it too, but you know, just knowing that my hard work will pay off. Uh, how many leads come from the team versus your own sphere? 
Um, I think in like my first year, I think including rentals, I closed like 14 deals. I think two were Sphere and the rest were either open house leads or things like that. Right now, I'd say, I mean, right now, probably more Sphere in past clients versus like a kind of boomtown Zillow. Okay. So, so more so you're getting from Sphere, from open houses, from, from past clients, referrals, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like uh, services we pay for every month, boom. Um, open houses, past client referrals, sphere, um, social media. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We'll have to have you on again to, to talk about social media and, and referrals. Cause I think one of the things that you do extraordinarily well is your, your clients love you by the end of it. Like I hate your referral. Uh, I mean, I hate your client testimonials because they're so much better than mine. Just, just <laughs> you know, so oh my gosh. We could definitely do that at some point. Um, but so what are you doing? To, how are you, uh, what tasks are you delegating out? Like, how are you keeping things on track with so much business going on? Yeah, that definitely, I mean, the last like six months, honestly, that's been a huge growing pain. I think um, I'm still holding on to showings. Um, I think definitely in the future, I should look into partnering with a showing assistant just so I can continue to give good business to every client and not have anyone feel neglected. I would say at this point, basically, my big my my big goal is to you know get my clients ratified and then you know get through home inspection if we're doing that because after that it's more the loan and the lender and the title company and insurance and all that so I connect them with everybody and then I you know I kind of take a few steps back because we're really just waiting on appraisal and the loan if it's a buyer um, so once we ratify I then rely on our listing coordinator our transaction coordinators. Um, to then kind of take over and help my clients. So I'm, yeah. And that's just, a, and Chris, that's, that's maybe another thing we could do at another time, just talk about the value of being on a team, right? We have a phenomenal back office that, that, that makes our life easy. Um, you, know, one, you know, once we get ratified, we have, a, we have a whole team of a host of people that are making, making life easy on people. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll, be, I'll be talking to a solo agent and, she, and they're like, I've got three ratified right now. Like, oh my gosh, bear with me. It's crazy. I'm like, I've got 10. I have, I have leverage, but yeah. So if it's just one person, yeah, it's crazy. It's 150 plus moving pieces per transaction. So times that by three times it by 10, you need help. Absolutely. Uh, what do we got here? How much is Chris involved in the day-to-day -day, speaking to the team meeting and, uh, and time management? In my day-to-day, -day, I'd say a lot. Even yesterday I was like, I'm needy. I'm sorry. Cause we're just working on a few fires right now, but um, I, with our team, I mean, every morning, Monday through Friday, we have a huddle from nine to nine thirty, nine forty, And then on Tuesdays, we have another meeting of just like our team. We also meet with our Richmond team, all of us via Zoom, things like that. Um, Chris talks to us every day, just about. And then I remember I was going to text you about it, but the other day, I think it was Saturday, I didn't talk to Chris at all the whole day. And I think I saw later that he had taken his kids out to get ice cream and it felt like I hadn't talked to him in a week. It had been a day. And I was like, wow, I haven't <laughs> talked to him in so long. It'd been a day. So, I mean, I talk to Chris and our team leads all, all the time. Yeah. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but one of the things that, that I can vouch for also being on the team is that our team leads are, uh, you know, they're there for us like pretty much 24 seven. I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, you know, if you are on a team and uh, you know, and, and you're, and you're struggling in that part, like on, on our side, that's, that's not a struggle. Our team leads are there for us. They're serving us. They're, they're with us nonstop. So yeah. Um, which is, which is amazing. So I want to go ahead and, you know, conclude we're at 1203 and unless Chris, you have something, I'll, I'll conclude with this here. I was talking with another one of our team members, you know, a, a while back and a newer agent and, and just struggling and frustrated. And, 
you know, one, it, you know, you know, in, in the first six months, you know, they were expecting to close 50 deals. Right. And uh, you know, just kind of like really frustrated. And as we were talking, I said, I said, you know, just, I don't know why it came to me, but I, you know, I said something to the, to the effect of like, why do you have so much disrespect for bell? And, and that, like that just like caught them out of the blue. Right. And they're like, what? Like, I, I'm not even bringing up bell's name. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, well, listen, man, like I'm here listening to you talk about wanting bell type production, but you've been in the game for only a couple months. You're, you're, you're not, you know, you're not putting in the personal development. You're not putting in the skills development. You're not putting in like, like you're not treating your business like an actual business, right? You're, you're, you know, it, it's a, it's a hope and dream pipeline versus a business development pipeline. And, and I think that's, you know, that's uh you know, that's one of the primary things that, that I'm taking out of this is that how, how um, sincerely and how intentionally you've really developed your business really developed to become a real estate professional, a real estate expert, and not just, uh, not just an Uber driver that's looking for like the, the quick, the quick sell, right? Because yes, those sales fall in our lap sometime and we don't have to do a lot for them, but, but that's not how you become a top producing agent. That's not how you get high production. Even, uh, you know, even when you are a top producing agent and you're getting referrals and you're getting these things, referrals don't come to you and, and, and stick with you because, because you are a great referral. They stick with you because you're an expert because because you know what you're doing because of the way you treat them because of the way that you negotiate for them all of these things that's why they um you know that's why they you know stick with you and things so you know i just want to you know you know as uh you know i think a lot of it comes down to to the person that sits you know desk is to the right of you in the office but um but in all sincerity like you know i admire the work that you put in i admire you know i, I love watching you grind and and you know you're just constantly you're leveling up. You're never satisfied. And, and I think it's awesome. Well, very cool. So um, real quick, we've uh, we got to finish up here. So, Bell, do you like referrals? Uh, yes, I love referrals. So how can people get in touch with you if they want to ask you questions? And we'll have you back on to talk about social media because um, you do do that very well. Um, how can people get in touch with you if they want to either send referrals or have any questions about um, leveling up with buyers? Yeah, so you can Facebook me, Bell Tunstall, or I just made an Instagram by underscore with underscore Bell. Um, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I've yet to meet another just Bell, like as the first name. So if you search my name, I'd imagine, I'd hope I'd come up in the top couple places. So yeah, you can Facebook, DM, Instagram, email. DC, Maryland, Virginia, right? Or DC, actually, Virginia. And, Virginia, uh, but I have uh, referral partners in uh, DC and Maryland, and I've referred people in South Carolina, West Coast, Mid Coast, uh, Southern Virginia. So yeah, got people everywhere. Have a great day, uh, and uh, we'll get back to win of the day. Take care. Thanks, Bye. Guys. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other uncommon real estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddock.com.